In a world of what are yous, welcome to the place where the answer is always human. My name is Natalie, and you are listening to Some Kind of Brown, a podcast powered by Yellow Jacket Media about mixed and multiracial life, our journeys to find our identities, reconnecting with ourselves and the communities we're a part of, all from a Southern girl who's still trying to figure out things for herself. everyone we are back with the part two that i promised you craziness has ensued and i'm sure i don't have to tell you exactly what i'm talking about except i'm going to so you guys know or if this is your first time hearing me i am immunocompromised due to chronic illness so this has been quite a scary time for me i'm not gonna lie i usually try to keep things really light and happy and that makes me happy, making you happy, you know, like, everyone's happy, I'm an extrovert, this is how it goes. But I just wanted to let you know that I'm probably not coping with this well, but that just means that things are gonna change around here. But seriously, if you are having trouble with the coronavirus and the panic, or if you're actually at risk like me and you need to talk about it, Maybe we can do a live stream or something. That is what I'm going to be doing soon. But before I get into that, I do want to say that Instagram is suppressing posts. It's very weird. I don't know which posts. I don't know what tags. I'm trying to figure it out. So be sure to look on the page for the giveaway in partnership with Mixed Present and Soph. We are giving away two prizes, both of them the same, a shirt from the new Redbubble store and a cute native baby Yoda beaded by yours truly, after I figured it out and learned how to make them not hideous like my first one. So, the coronavirus. I know most of you who are listening, if not all of you, are quarantined, and we're all looking for something to entertain us, something to keep our minds off of what's going on. We have a couple more episodes left of the collaboration with Mixed Present and Soph, and I'm going to continue with those, and today you'll be getting that double post, I'm trying to catch up. I'm coming out of a very dark place mentally, so please thank you for being patient with me. But after we finish this series with Mixed Present and Soph, if the quarantine is still in effect, I will be pausing the podcast and switching to live streaming. We're going to have live streams with two themes, Bead With Me and Sew With Me because I am working on my own regalia and jewelry and things that I might be selling. I don't know. I've got some fun things that I want to do and honestly, crafting makes me really happy. So you can come on even if you're not interested in what I'm doing. I'm going to be talking and beading and crafting at the same time because again, I'm an extrovert and I have ADHD. So this is what's going on. If things are delayed or, you know, if anything happens, I'll try to keep you up to date and it will probably be related to my stress levels. That being said, I hope that every single one of you is safe and I would love to see us lift each other up on Instagram where most of you post and talk or on Twitter. This has been probably the longest intro to an episode that I've done with a guest. This is part two of my conversation with Soph, the episode 62, Why Are We Like This? We're picking it back up with talking about things parents can do to help their children, talking about blending cultures. 
I hope you like this part, and Soph and I will be back in your ears in a second. I have these similar conversations with people who are black, who are not mixed. I have these kind of conversations with people who are Asian, though it tends to be a little bit more difficult. A lot of times I'm doing a lot more educating when it comes to talking to Asians within the community. That is for another day, though. But at the same time, like when people of color get together, we generally have these kind of conversations with each other. And one, we're not allowed to anywhere else. Like, where else are we going to go? Who are we? Who's going to listen to us? And we not get told like, oh, you're just making that up. You're blowing things out of proportion. Blah blah blah. And two, like, where are we going to (laughs) go? Exactly. But I mean, going into this, how to be supportive parents? Yeah. For multiracial people. This is huge because this is something I got a, a few times in the DM before, both to my own personal page and also on Mixed Present. Yeah, and I think this is important. These kind of conversations, knowing about colorism and knowing about ethnic peers and everything that we just touched on are very important for this subject, especially if you are a white parent who is having a mixed child or has a mixed child. Yeah. For me, I know I've said this before on your podcast, we have a whole podcast on how I grew up and everything yeah. available so which, check her out which is actually like a really sweet story I like your parents story yeah so I, I mean I think it's really important like I did grow up with racism in my family I mean that's very common for multiracial people um but my parents were really big about like okay they will we will practice all of our cultures we'll eat from all of our cultures um, my mom is German Scottish and Welsh um, but she is you look at her, she looks like a German woman, blonde hair, blue eyes, six feet tall. And the words of my dad, I love big white women. That's what oh his God. thing is. Very opposite his Japanese demeanor where women are, where everyone's Asian and everyone's tiny. But my dad has done so much for making sure that we always know that we're Japanese and that we're also German and that we're also Scottish and we're all of these things. And that just because we happen to have this other world that we live in, it doesn't make us any less. He always says that to me when we were in Japan uh, last, he was like, um, I was praying at a temple and there's a very specific way you pray in Buddhism. And I was like doing that and I threw money in and I did what I got to do. Not that I'm a practicing Buddhist, but I respect that religion because that was the religion of my grandparents before they committed, mm-hmm. before they converted to committed. Lutheranism, <laughs> before they committed. Um, I mean, that's yeah. also true. <laughs> Yeah, um, it was only the only reason that they converted was because my dad is a Lutheran and he wanted to be in the same heaven with them. But that's a whole other conversation. Plus, Buddhism costs a lot of money, especially if you're you pass away and all of that. So anyway, he was like watching me, and then afterwards he was like, "Oh, you know, I'm just so envious because you know you look so Japanese, but then you also have this other world that you can like float into and be a part of, and you're a part of that world too, and you're not just visiting like I would be." Like that's I sad and cute and sad, but like I'm like going back and forth. Well, I mean, in his in the way that he meant it, he was saying like, you know, you're all these things, and you're yeah. allowed to be all of these things. And and he was just like, for me, I will always be, like, I will never be German because he's not. Yeah. Beautiful you know? for you, but it also makes me, maybe it's because I'm mixed. I'm like, you can come too. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was like, I'm sure someone will be like, yeah, you're married <laughs> into being German, you know. But having like a dad like that, especially a dad who grew up in a society where it's very not diverse, it's very, like, it's so different. 
and for him to have that perspective and he's just a different kind of person in the first place like he i think it was like really it nice yeah his parents were also handicapped growing like uh my grandma's still alive she's a deaf mute but my og chad he passed away um he was also a deaf mute so he already grew up totally different yeah i don't know but, about J- japan in that time when you have disabilities not good like my obachan like she wasn't born deaf like my grandfather so she learned how to speak and so she learned how to write and all of that and she was like made to go to school and they pushed her really hard on making sure that she could communicate and take care of herself and she actually knows sign language but my ojitan i remember like feeling like he thought maybe i was stupid or like he didn't like me because he was a very like stoic man like he was very stern faced all the time he didn't really hug us like that, but I mean, the story of all Asians, he didn't really yeah. hug us. Sometimes he would like rub his, uh, his, uh, stubble. We called it beard cacti on our faces. And that was like how he showed love. And he oh, would like yeah. thought it was hilarious. Like, I hated that. So my uncles did that more. <laughs> yeah. I always thought he just like, that's why he never did like sign language back or anything. Mm. But then I got older and I was talking with my grandma on like a recent trip. This was like within five years ago. And she was like, no, like he didn't know sign language. And my dad like was saying, he was like, they didn't have special education. So you put a symbol on a board. He doesn't know what ah sounds like. Uh, So how is he going to understand when to use that? That would be really hard. Yeah. So, and my grandma's generation was the generation that pioneered sign language in the first place. So like a lot of the signs she does are like what she grew up with. Cause it wasn't like an official thing back then, mm. but it's a lot of it's similar to official Japanese sign language. Now, some things are probably not the same, but a lot of it is the same, which is really nice. And yeah, anyway, like <laughs> that's lack of special education again on another tangent, but he was very big about us making sure that we could communicate and like but also, like, my dad's English wasn't good when me and my older sister were growing up. My younger siblings, like, at that point, he was getting a lot better with it. But they can kind of understand Japanese, but they can't, like, speak it at all. Mm. And my dad has always been like, it's fine. Like, well, I probably should have taught them. But Oops. it's not like he taught me either. He just, like, I just learned it from hearing it. But, like, he's, like, supportive of, like, it's not really a lack of, like, culture. He's found a way to make it fusion. Like, we eat Japanese food. Like, I know how to cook Japanese food. I also know how to cook German food and Scottish food and all of that. And we celebrated all the holidays. And I think it's just important that you celebrate all of the cultures individually and you don't fetishize it like, oh, yeah, they're Asian and white. They're Asian and white. They're black and white. They're black and white. Yeah. If you're doing it like that and they're not growing up with the culture and the identity as well, and also understanding these harder topics of like how to deal with colorism and how to deal with ethnic purists and how to deal with racism within your family if they're not growing up with things like that you're doing a disservice to them Mm -hmm. because society doesn't recognize me as a white woman society just doesn't recognize Nat as a white woman and that's really really important i think for both sides to understand because i think people who are not mixed people of color often are like well you're white too yeah people throw that at me and i'm like nobody sees that. I understand that I might look to a person of color, white passing, but no white person in my life has ever thought I was white, except for when I was blonde. Fair enough. Like, really? Oh, wow. Yeah. Fair enough. I'll give you that. I don't know. Because like, I had to think about this when I was writing my children's book. I had to think about what would be important if I had kids to do for them, to make them feel like they're included. And what did I want when I was younger? And honestly, just access. 
the whole world opens up when you give your child access. Like, here's this cultural practice. Let me be in this these cultural spaces. Because I guarantee you, no matter where you live, there's some kind of group that will be celebrating the culture in some way. Here in Grand Rapids, I went to a Chinese New Year celebration and then stumbled into a Tet one. So like Vietnamese. (laughs) There will be groups celebrating different holidays, ethnic culture around you. Sometimes it's harder than others to find in certain spaces. But like, even if you have to just use the internet, there are ways to give your child access to kind of give them permission. Here's this culture that you belong to. I'm going to learn about it with you or I'm going to go with you and we're going to learn this or we're going to participate. Like there are all sorts of things you can do as a parent to support your child. And it doesn't have to be like this speech that you give them or telling them every five seconds, it's okay that they're mixed. It's making it okay that they're mixed, not making a big deal out of it, but at the same time, letting them acknowledge. Making them proud of it. Yeah. Yeah. You don't have to like do anything super special. They're not any more special or less special than anyone else. They just have a different world that they live in because they have multiple worlds they live in. So don't fetishize it for them. Yeah. Because that's how you get people. That's how you contribute to that stereotype of, well, they just think they're better than other people, you know? Yeah. Don't fetishize it. Like, again, I think that's so important how you said that. Give them access. Show them what the world is like. Yeah. yes, you belong to this and this and this, and you are all of these things. But also remember, especially if you are a white parent of a mixed child, you also have a duty to educate them on the experiences of people of color in this country and in the world. And that if you have kids, it doesn't have to happen at once. Like I'm not saying you have to sit with your kids every night and be like, look at what people did to this group. Like you don't have to do that. But like, Around Black History Month, there sometimes there are museums and special exhibits that you can go to different. The library has all sorts of events, no matter what month it is. It's not just Black History Month. It's not hard to find things to celebrate cultures. And I think it's really important, especially now in the world we live in, to celebrate all cultures and not like observing Ramadan. We're not talking like this kind of strict. I'm just like, here, let's go eat Indian food. Yeah. Like, yeah, like, just, like, don't make it weird. Don't, yeah. don't make it weird. Yeah. Just partake in culture. The world is so vibrant. Netflix has shows from other countries. Like, just don't limit yourself. Yeah, I also think it's important to note my parents. Okay, one, it was a little bit different for me because my mom lived in Japan for five years, so she already had an appreciation of the culture. She could speak the language. Like, she already like already had a respect for it and already wanted to make sure like we had a pride for it and a respect for it as well. My parents went out of their way to make sure that we grew up with other kinds of people as well. Mm. And I think a lot of parents, whether they got mixed kids or not, do not do enough work in that department because unfortunately, like in Arkansas, my, my parents were trying to figure out what schools to put us in. And uh, my dad was like meeting with the principals and he yeah. was like oh do you have other people of color in this school because I didn't see any and they were like oh well we are accepting to all people and he was like I didn't ask you if you were accepting I asked if you have other people of color here and for him it was really important that we were not the exception that we were not the only ones and I applaud my father because I asked him even I was like would you want to live in like a Japan town or a little Tokyo or Chinatown yeah. or anything like that. He was like, no, because oftentimes, unfortunately, 
those people don't ever try to know other kinds of people. And I didn't come to this country to just feel like I'm back in Japan. And I, I was love like, your that's dad. very... <laughs> He is honestly the best dad. I mean, uh, now he is, yes. But like, he's he's like, no, he's a great dad. And and I think he did a lot of, I definitely didn't give him enough props. Because, yeah, we butted heads when I was a teenager. And, like, there was, he went through his own, like, bouts with, like, racism and just struggling with starting over in a country where there's no generational wealth. There's no mm-hmm. transformative asset. There's, there's nothing, like, starting from scratch. And just, in general, being an immigrant person of color who questions himself daily and still questions himself but he like went out of his way to make sure like we were comfortable around being around other kinds of people and he even said he's like I know there's probably not a lot of people who grew up with the privilege he used the word privilege of growing up with such diverse friends like you and you and your siblings have Yeah. yeah and I think that that's important and I think him, especially coming from a country that is very homogenous and doesn't yeah. have diversity, he really appreciates being around other kinds of people and understands different kinds of perspectives. And I think having disabled parents who were taken advantage of at times, I'm sure. yeah, I think having that perspective really made him open to the rest of the world. And I think we need to make sure we instill those kind of perspectives into ourselves and also our children. I think this is another one of those things where you can say so much on, and yeah. I am working with another Instagram page who deals with transracial adoption and we're putting together something for Native American Heritage History Month. I don't know which one of those it is. Is it heritage (laughs) or history? I mean, honestly, it's both important, boo-boo. I know. Native American Month, (laughs) Indigenous Peoples Month, November. So like keep an eye out for that. But we're talking about like, what's the most important thing? What are the things parents can do and what can they take away? How can they support their child who is another ethnicity nationality or was nationality whatever wherever their child came from and I think the biggest thing is literally just make them feel like they're normal like normalize culture yeah normalize culture normalize their skin color whether that's talking about their skin color or taking them to be around kids of various skin colors so they realize difference is okay like just little things that you can do here and there. And a lot of it is almost intuitive because every kid is going to learn things at a different age, at a different time and deal with it as your kid grows. Like when I was five, there was all white people in my kindergarten class. I didn't like it. They made fun of me. My, they made fun of my skin. So my mom took me to a tanning salon and we sat outside the tanning salon and she was like, do you see all of these people going in there? All of these people want your skin these kids applause applause yeah yeah, i mean she's like kids make fun of you but these people are paying to go get your skin yeah and you know there is always going to be that age of just wanting to be like everybody else and we all go through that in various ways like for me i didn't necessarily go through it in a way that's like i don't want to look like this yeah i went through it in a way that was like oh like i wish like i could rock the latest trends or i wish i could be i could do this or i could do that and I attribute the fact that I didn't want to change the way that I looked or anything about that, that I didn't even think about it as much to the fact that I grew up with lots of different kinds of people. I also, yeah. And also like growing up with different kinds of people is dope, right? Cause you get exposed to like, yo, you ever been to a Dominican cookout? Yo, they're so fun. Or like, like Nigerian cookouts. Like I got to go to so many different like family events, like weddings and different things like that, where it's like, 
you learn about like music and just like the beauty of a culture and just how like fun and dope it is. And it's like, I get to be around this and like involved in this and I get to learn about it. And I think that that all like, that's what being open-minded is. And you're not truly open-minded unless you're willing to put yourself in a circumstance where you wouldn't normally find yourself, I feel like. And I think it's a process too, because even I am learning new things just because you're mixed doesn't mean we have all the answers either. I mean, life is about learning and growing and understanding. Like, I don't think we'd be here talking if someone had the answers to how to raise multiracial kids or be multiracial or mixed. Yeah. There's no one formulaic way, which is why the next thing is important. The Evidence Locker is a weekly podcast about international true crime. Made by hardcore true crime fans, it's somewhat grungy. Join us as we explore the dark corners of the globe. We've covered cases from Sweden, Brazil, Australia, and the U.S., to mention a few. Find us on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. Not being featured on mixed pages because you don't look mixed. Oh, oh, honey. Just because we're celebrating mixed doesn't mean that we are automatically inclusive. Yep. And I think it's really important. I mean, really think about like, what do people's definition of mixed look like, right? Curly hair, but like not kinky, curly hair, light eyes, light skin, black girls. That's people's default for mixed. And I've honestly gotten questions, mostly on my personal page, but I've also gotten it on mixed present where it's like, hey, I'm... I'm like you, I'm Asian and white, and we're considered mixed? Yes. It is a yes. <laughs> uh, that's a heavy yes, sir. That's, <laughs> that's a go for green, yes. Uh, yeah, we are, because we are two different races. That is what mixed means. You know, and I do want to say really quickly, like, not to be, like, excluding anyone, but it really kind of grinds my gears when white people are like, oh, I'm mixed too, I'm German and I'm Italian. Maybe Uh, (laughs) in this case, we're talking about mixed race. That is like what we're talking about because yes, like German and Italian, two different cultures, two different countries. Yes. Different foods, very, like very (laughs) different foods. But at the same time, if you're a German slash Italian growing up in America, your experience is not like the same as someone like me or Nat who are mixed with a person of color. Yeah. It's just totally different, you know? And, like, at this point in time, like, most white Americans are not, like, one thing. Yeah, and it's also important to point out, like, when I was growing up, there was a lot of pressure to be one or the other, and I think a lot of people have experienced that. But at the same time, like, you can't be anything other than one side. Like, for instance, there was a big thing growing up where black people, if you're mixed with black, you are black only. I have referred to myself as a black woman. It's still happening now. Yeah. And I want to say, because there are people who have started to say this, and I really don't like it, um, Soph and I, talking right now, can identify as a Japanese woman for her, a Cherokee woman for me, like whatever side of our ethnic heritage we want, because that's a perspective we're speaking out of. I can call myself a black woman and talk about race issues, because that's a perspective I'm approaching that issue with. The way we talk about mixed, and the way I will always talk about mixed, is a both-and. You are one thing and another. And then also. Yeah, and also. This is the perspective we're coming out of. And if you have a different perspective, you're welcome to. But this is mine. That being said, like, 
there's definitely a stereotype of what mixed is, and it's that black yeah. white. Black white light eyes usually curly green. hair. I think that onus is on us as mixed people. Those of us who are creating content and being yeah. putting things out there, that I will say is probably our responsibility to make sure that we are being be inclusive. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember like when Instagram was, you know, like when I was in college and stuff, I didn't get Instagram until I was in college. Like I think my, like my junior year. And at that time, like the pop in pages, it was like mixed chicks and really all they post is like mixed black people. And yeah, I mean, it's like nothing on, I think her name's Carol. Like it's, it's her page. She can do whatever she wants. But my point is we shouldn't be exclusionary within our own our own group of people. That's why so many people are like, am I mixed? Or for someone to come into, into DMs and be like, I just never get featured on pages because I don't look mixed or I don't look mixed enough. Like, why are we doing that to ourselves? We already get enough shit from other kinds of people. We're supposed to have these safe places. These are places people are supposed to come to, to feel included. So why would I turn around and be like, eh, you're not my kind of mixed. Don't exclude people like that. Like, and I think it's really important, like on Mixed Present, we, we have made a conscious effort to make sure we represent different mixes, but we also represent like politics and yeah. social justice issues. And we talk about things on that page and we try to be a source, a platform of honestly, the pages that only post this stereotypical mixed chick and not even dudes most of the time, just mostly girls, they I'm contribute to the, yeah, they contribute to the fetishization of mixed people whether they intentionally do it or not. And so it's important that we represent different kinds of mixes, but we also just like, we need to check ourselves. It's good every now and then to do a gut check. We did a feature week on uh, Mixed Present, and so we had people DM us. We got so many, but I really made it, went out of my way to make sure like, don't just put, because most of the submissions are going to be mixed black and white people. Yeah. I literally, any like non, I tried to make sure that we posted, yes, those, but also we posted we had an Asian and white girl. We yeah. had an Asian white guy. Like we had like all different kinds of people on there. We had a Latino mix. Like it's it was just such important. a good mix of people. I would thank you. I really like that week. Thanks. <laughs> um, yeah, upcoming we're gonna be having a a, a hair submission Ooh. like feature week. So it's like you can send before and after photos. You can send videos of your routine or your products that you want to shout out or like anything in response to hair. Like we just want to talk about it. But yeah, I didn't want our whole page to be about like, oh, the hardest thing makes people go through is just like how to take care of curly hair and like <laughs> this is what makes people look like. And like we didn't want that. Yeah. And I, I would never, I don't think that that's helping anything. I don't think that you should not post that stuff. Like for sure, because it's something that we all share with each other. Yeah. But I have curly hair. I'm Asian and white. And I think that that's really important info for me too, because I loved getting a lot of that information about about how to take care of my hair properly and just like different things like that. A lot of us don't know how to, or didn't know how to take care of our hair until some other mixed person came along and was like, hey, don't wash your hair every day. (laughs) Yes. And it's just so important. Um, And also just be inclusive, like check yourself. And also like similar to what we tell white people, if you find yourself being defensive on this subject, really like looking at yourself and being like, why am I defensive about this? Because it, yeah. post what you want and like talk about what you want. Just make sure you're also aware that mixed people look like a multitude of different things. Yeah. And we can sometimes unintentionally hurt people by not including them. Yeah. And I do want to say like, on the other hand, so you have 
a group of people who run mixed present from different mixes. So you can cover different things more easily than someone who's a single creator yeah. like me. So I will say that I speak out of a certain lens a lot on my podcast, on social media, but that's because so like I talk about missing and murdered indigenous women and indigenous issues and black issues a significant portion of the time because that's the lens I look through, but I also make sure to include other people and other mixes. So whether you're a creator or someone who is trying to find your place, like it's okay to celebrate your own mix or an aspect of your mixedness. Just make sure you're not, that's not the only thing. So I think the problem becomes when you're like, I am celebrating mixedness and then all of a sudden it looks like one thing, then you really need to check yourself. But if you are doing one thing, like someone who's been on the podcast as well, Disha, she talks about what, but what will people say? And that's specifically talking about Indian right. Southwestern parents who have a certain cultural lens and a certain idea around marriage. And that's specifically what her podcast is about. And that's fabulous. So celebrate who you are, but also like... I think there are pages though, like who deem themselves mixed pages and they yeah. only represent one kind of mix and then maybe they'll throw like someone a bone every now and then but it's literally just <laughs> Women like of color page or people of color pages have the same problem yeah like we talked just talked about colorism and we just talked about like that all contributes to it like yeah. show that you can be mixed and dark like you can yeah. it's just it's important that we represent ourselves properly we're also with such lack of representation bigger pages that represent mixed people we are the representation yeah and with that comes a responsibility and yeah. we need to make sure that we are responsible with that responsibility i don't think i'm quite at that but that's something that's important to me and i always try to make sure i have that level of inclusivity when I'm i think talking. that you do though you have a podcast though like you yeah. <laughs> interview like you interview people from different mixes, like on different topics. Like it's it's a little bit different. And I, I think the biggest thing is that you clarify. You're just like, I'm a Southern girl who's mixed and I'm here trying to just figure out life with, along with everybody else. And here's my podcast. And you're not here being like, I'm representing mixed people. And yet, I mean, yeah, you are. But like, I'm representing mixed <laughs> people and I'm going to just showcase what mixed people are and like talk yeah. about our problems. Because no. <laughs> the pages that do that, they talk about how to take care of your hair, and they represent one kind of mixed person. They're generally the kind of people that uh, don't, don't talk to follow, me. Or, yeah, or don't follow politics or just, like, anything like that. Or yeah. I mean, and that's fine. Like, you like what you like, but at the same time, like, I, I think it is important to understand your responsibility to the community Yeah. when I you agree. get to a certain level. And also for people to feel like, I don't look mixed enough, there's a problem there. If there's a problem that's been created, if people are thinking like that, and yes, that might have to do with society as well, having yeah. an idea about what makes people look, but we're not helping if we perpetuate that idea of what makes people look like by showing the same person and just talking about hair. Like, I mean, Halsey, can we talk about Halsey? Like, what is Halsey mixed? Yeah, her dad's black. I did not know that. <laughs> I just had this conversation. <laughs> she just came out with an album, what, like a week ago or something? And my girlfriend's a big fan. 
So we just watched her episode on Hot Ones, and we just had this conversation about oh, it. Oh, I love Hot Ones. Yeah, like, so what she was a great just on idea. There. Oh, okay, I'll, I'll check that out. Yeah, yeah it's okay. really good. But Halsey is mixed, and people who look like Halsey who start talking about mixed stuff get killed in the media. Like she looks, she looks white. Yeah, and I think that really is something we need as a community need to think about. Let Halsey be whatever Halsey wants to be, but not her specifically, but like people who are white passing or whatever. I'd, or people who don't. There's people who look like my little sister. She looks full Asian. She's the only mm. one of us, of all four kids. She's the only one who has a model in. She's smaller in stature than all of all. Like me and my older sister are 5'8, my brother's 6'4. She's short. I hate you. 5'4 <laughs> over here. <laughs> she, yeah, she's your height. She's the only one of four kids. And so she looks more Asian. And then like my sister has like wavier hair and I have curly mm -hmm. hair and like her hair is like kind of wavy, but like it's, it falls, tends to fall more into like the straighter wave category. She already like experiences life a lot differently than I do. She has to experience life, I think more as an Asian woman than I do. Also at the same time, like there are mixed people who look like they just look like maybe they belong to one ethnicity. Yeah. And that isn't like white. my little sister, my youngest sister looks okay. Well, she looks Polynesian and we're not. So <laughs> it kind of similar. Yeah. But like, I'm, I'm sure there's mixed black people who look just black. Yeah. You know, there are plenty. There are those twins like, that were like everyone in the media. They were everywhere. The one who looks white and the other one who looks black, they're fraternal twins, which is trippy, but yeah. Yeah, or just, like, they, you know what I'm saying? Like, you can't readily tell that they're mixed, but they don't look white passing, or they don't look yeah. white. Also, those people need to be represented as well. And I think that we, as mixed people, aren't allowed to be, like, you're what mixed looks like, and you're what mixed looks like, and yeah, maybe you're mixed, but, like, yeah, you know, I don't know. <laughs> That's not, like, what we should be doing. No. Um, we already, again, we already have such a lack of representation. Don't be an ass. Don't be, like, the colonizer, man. Like, just... You know, just like a lot of things, I think it leads back to trauma. I think yeah. that a group who comes together because they've been excluded can very easily fall into attacking someone else or TERFs specifically. So, for, yeah, for so just, I'm not going to get into too much. I'm just, as an example, women have faced certain hardships and so they form together to advocate for each other. There's no reason to then create an in-group where we don't exclude all women you know so like we're already getting this kind of pressure we already are coming together for a reason because we've all been hurt what's the purpose of hurting another group yeah and even if that hurt is unintentional don't do it to each other like we shouldn't be doing that to each other we should be inclusive and also understanding, and also if we're serving as a platform for what mixed people need to look, what pe mixed people are and what they look like, you need to show the range. Yeah. Or else you're not properly representing mixed people, and that's a really real conversation that I think we need to be having with each other. Yeah. So I'm putting it out there. If you have opinions, yeah. you can let us know because we'll talk to you about it. Exactly. And I understand like exactly what you're saying, like a response to trauma, like protecting yourself and yeah. representing what you missed out on growing up. And that can very easily become exclusionary. And if you know yeah. that feeling of being left out and not represented, why would you do that to somebody else? And maybe sometimes we don't think of it like that. 
And maybe sometimes it takes someone telling you this is what, how this becomes a problem. This is what this does to us as a group of people. Sometimes it takes those conversations. And again, if you're finding yourself uncomfortable by this conversation or you're enlightened by this conversation, I mean, honestly, like whatever, like I'm down to have the discussion, slide into the DM and say what you got to say. And only if you're willing to have a discussion, but I think that it's important, you know? Yeah. I feel like this is uh, in line with it, but people who are mixed with black being told they can't celebrate Black History Month. I feel like this goes in the same kind of vein, people gatekeeping where there shouldn't be any gatekeeping. And I think it's because, again, so much has been done to keep (laughs) people of color apart. Like, oh my God. We named this episode the wrong thing. (laughs) Trauma. Yeah, like, it's not why, like, why are we like this? Oh, it's from trauma from the colonizer. But I think exactly what you said, gatekeeping, when we shouldn't be that way. And a lot of it, I think, tends to come as a response to the trauma of, like, experiencing something. And then to see, like, a person who is lighter, who can even be white passing, anything like that, to then be like, you don't experience it on the same level that I experience it. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that we're viewed as white, well, I'm not mixed black, but you know what I'm saying? Mixed person's not viewed as white. Why? Like, why are we being like this? I just don't understand. For the sake of people who don't agree, let's take a different context than race. Because for some reason, people make exceptions for race where they would feel otherwise differently in a different topic. Like, I have chronic pain. I It's pretty debilitating. If Soph was like, I have a headache and it, the light hurts, I'm not going to be like, boo-hoo. You have a headache. I'm hurt. I'm not going to do that. Headaches hurt. (laughs) How rude would that be? But like, it's so true. Like you wouldn't (laughs) do that to yourself. So why are you going to be like, because you also need to understand, like, especially like a mixed black person who grows up in an area where like in the South or something like that, like Arkansas. (laughs) Yeah. You're already experiencing life as a black person. I don't Mm -hmm. care what anybody says. You only grow up around like maybe white people. You're experiencing life as a quote unquote black person for most, for the most part. Yeah. But I understand how much more easily represented a mixed black person can be. And I think because of that, and because that seems like recognition and acceptance, there's almost this thing of like, you get a benefit that other people don't get because of this thing. And I feel like you should be allowed to fall in this like group that I want to protect and I want people to hear I don't want them to just hear you because you're mixed and you're more palatable I want them to hear me too and I think it's that feeling and it's not just mixed blacks who do this by the way it's also mixed it's also Asians who experience this and do with each other and Latinx people as well and just we shouldn't be policing each other like that we shouldn't be excluding each other like that we all at the end of the day even if we're mixed, I'm sorry, we're not viewed as white. And I think there is, yes, there is a certain, I think, privilege that does come with being mixed with white, especially for sure. No one's denying that. But at the end of the day, we still do not get the same benefits of white people in this country. Saying that sometimes I can pass as a white person is very different from saying I live life as a white person. (laughs) Dun, dun, dun. Yes. (laughs) I think it's an unintentional thing where it's like, we, where people who aren't mixed have this perception about people who are mixed. And then to tell them, you don't belong with this racial group. You don't have the right to celebrate this because you're mixed. You're then making us be like, where's my, like, what do I do then? Yeah. What is my identity? 
And for someone like me who grew up feeling very Japanese, who knows the language, who goes to Japan all the time, who's all my family who's Japanese except for my dad lives in Japan, to feel Japanese inherently, to grow up culturally Japanese in a lot of ways, to to then be told, like, I'm not Japanese, it doesn't make any sense to me. I think the difference is, though, like, I don't accept that, but I also... I don't have the Japanese community like berating me day in and day out about yeah. how I'm not one of them. I feel like, I don't know, be nice. Like so much of this makes me just want to grab people and shake them and be like, be kind to people. Like, what are you doing? All people of color are <laughs> oppressed at the end of the day. We're all oppressed. Don't be exclusionary within your groups. That's what the man wants. That's <laughs> what they want. They want us to be fighting with each other. But at the same time, I will say there are probably, I know there are actually mixed blacks, mixed race people in general who do walk around with an eras coming off like they're better than other people. Yes. Who maybe don't recognize certain aspects of themselves or who are ignorant. And we're not talking about them. Like those people need to go through their own educational journey. Yes. But I um, am of the opinion that both extremes are bad. Yes. And also that goes back to have supportive parents who raise you right. Like that goes back to the topic that we already discussed. Yeah. But don't exclude one another in general. Why are we like this? It has come, like she said, as a result of trauma from colonization, from racism, from discrimination, from having a history of being held back and oppressed and we shouldn't be holding each other back. There's really not much to say. Honestly, all these issues trace back to just be kind, be open And also educate yourself and know the history of this stuff. Yes. There's so many resources available. Again, bringing it back. There's so (laughs) many resources available. This podcast being one of them. Both of our pages being another one. Don't make an ass of yourself. The internet is a beautiful place sometimes. Twitter, not so much. (laughs) Exactly. That's not the internet. That's these internets. (laughs) Yes. So with that being said... Don't be a colonizer and don't have the colonizer mindset. (laughs) Summary, don't be a colonizer. (laughs) And speaking of Twitter, which you don't have, where can we find you? So my personal page is Asian Soph, Asian underscore Soph, S-O-P-H, not (laughs) S-O-F, S-O-P-H. I also run a page called Mixed Mage, which is Mixed Mage. I also (laughs) run a page called Mixed Made, which is just getting off the ground right now. So give that a follow. Mixed underscore made. And then I'm also on a page called Mixed Present, spelled like mixed and then present. Basically a platform where we talk about truly being mixed. We represent different mixes. We talk about different topics. We have a lot of discussion posts on there as well. Uh, We post a lot about politics, social justice issues as well. Current events that touches the mixed community. Most of which is actually posted by me, but that's because I'm radical. In it's quotes. Just passion. It's just passion. You're extremely I'm, passionate. In the words of Amanda Seals, I'm not hostile. I'm just passionate. <laughs> Thanks for joining us on the second one. You're yeah. Your face, sharing your face with the peoples. <laughs> hey. <laughs> I don't know what that was. Uh, hey. <laughs> Come back for the next one where we might still be delirious. <laughs> What's the next episode called? Ohana means family. And family means nobody gets left behind. Yeah. Yes. (laughs) 
Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this episode. You can find me on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Some Kind of Brown, and I would love to interact with you over, especially on Instagram. You can also join us on Patreon for ad-free episodes, after-interview debriefs before the episode comes out, stickers, t-shirts, and more. Another great way to support the podcast is to subscribe wherever you're listening and leaving a rating and review on iTunes or Podchaser to help our brownish family grow. You can find the links to everything and more in the show notes through the link tree on my social media bios. All of your support is what keeps this podcast going. Thank you to purpleplanet.com for the use of their song Love Life, and I'll see you later with some more Shades of Brown.